everybody and welcome back to this dangerous podcast my name is johnny Morders. i am joined this week by dj who is munching on posh japanese snacks how are you dj i'm good i'm eating posh japanese snacks <laughs> you admitted it all right and i'm drinking filtered water <laughs> oh here you go how that's a posh filter plebs like me just have to drink out of the tap right we're also joined by Bertie Trail. How are you, Bertie? You've been driving today. I'm good. I'm I'm in bed today. You are in bed. I'm we in are bed. Doing this quite late, and Bertie has been driving. And been I'm visibly in bed. <laughs> <laughs> in bed. In bed. On bed. After on bed. Mackie. Here we are on bed together. What did you have in Maggie D's, Bertie? May I ask? Oh, I do you know what I, I had a sandwich like one of those bought sandwiches for lunch. So it was like I really didn't really feel like a Mackie's. To be fair. It's going down all right. I had a quarter pounder with chips, which I would say is just like when you can't be bothered to choose anything else. You just think, fuck it. Quarter pounder is just a safe option for me. Yeah, yeah. I always, I can, I can. They were doing a double I'm, quarter pounder. They, they, I don't know if they still do. I, I was not feeling the second patty, Johnny. Like, was, um, <laughs> can I just say, Bertie Trail 2021. I was not feeling the second patty. I was just not feeling the second patty. Like I really wasn't. Like I was looking at that menu. I was like, I'm not going to have the chicken. I never really, you know, I never really get the chicken at McDonald's. Like it's people say it's less greasy than the burger, but it's not. It's actually not. It's still just as like bitty and greasy. I'd say as the the burger. So you might as well just have a quarter pounder uh, or a double if you're feeling it. But yeah, couldn't do it. They had this new thing on. It was called like a double bacon burger and it was like on a limited you know when they say like limited time only you're like oh i might not get the chance to have that again and you're kind of thing that it's it's, it's clever it's clever marketing but i was like no i'm like literally so full like already i don't even need it and yeah to be fair i had my quarter pounder and chips and i was actually fine in the end feel okay no mcflurry do you know what i rarely get a mcflurry from mcdonald's i know it's popular but like oh it's a drive-through as well bear in mind so like so, so what? I don't see what difference that makes for the McFlurry. <laughs> just having a McFlurry in a car, it's just, it just doesn't really... Yeah, that's true. Really? I used to, like, in high school, my boyfriend would drive us to McDonald's, like, really late at night, go to the drive-thru and, like, eat McFlurries. That sounds quite romantic. Not. That's quite nice, actually. Yeah, that's quite a nice nighttime thing to do, actually. That's romantic. That is romantic. And it's romantic. And it's quite a datey thing to do, I suppose. Yeah. It's kind of thing, kind of shit I should be there. You know, maybe I would have had more girlfriends. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that. where we're going wrong. Yeah. Fuck it, Johnny. Should be taking girls. Do it bad and you go for it bad. <laughs> All those times so. I had girls in my car and I didn't give them a flurry, man. I feel like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> Can't live myself. And then you went to the drive through cinema, didn't you? Like like all Americans. <laughs> that thing. Yeah, it's a thing. I've actually yeah. never been to one. <laughs> I saw one advertised the other day here and I was like, fucking hell. You don't want to go to a drive-in cinema here and then it just starts raining. It's made oh, it over the water. I it. saying that they missed going to the cinema, but like I I don't know. I'm I don't I don't really get it. <laughs> Is it I don't know, watching movies at home is so much more comfortable. I don't know. I don't get the full experience, do you? I am I am a kid at heart, right? As you probably know. And I fucking love the cinema. It's the I sound like such a fucking nerd saying that. But <laughs> it's 
It's, it, I really do, because it's like, I, I've always, since I was a kid, I found it kind of magical, like the lights going off and... Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, certain, they're not working. <laughs> there's like certain movies, some events that I like to go to the cinema for, but yeah. like... Beijing babes. <laughs> Did you ever like go on a little cinema date, like as a teenager with like... Do you know what I mean? Like, like, said boyfriend. like, like after you've had them at Flurry, going off to see what movie would it be? I'm thinking like something yeah. with Ashton Kutcher, like No Strings Attached or something like that. Yeah. You probably think of that age, like, oh, this is so rebellious. Like I'm watching a 15 and I'm only 14. Like, yeah. I Let's took see. a guy to see Interstellar. Movie. What horror movie and, was it? Was uh, good. No. In fact, I was oh, the only serious. person in the movie theater laughing. It was a, <laughs> it was a, a, a gory slasher movie. It was a remake of an old one, um, Evil Dead. Actually, it was the same guy that got me the McClory's. He didn't do well with um, scary movies. Um, oh, to be fair, I think I think I think the guys that buy McFlurries tend to be the guys who can't deal with horror films. I think there's yeah. a big overlap. There. <laughs> I, just I, feel, you know, I feel like. I feel like DJ. I feel like the moment he bought you that Mount Flurry, you should have realized, shit, this guy's probably going to piss his pants if we go and see anything scarier than Barney the dinosaur. <laughs> Barney the dinosaur. Oh, that's pretty scary, Barney the dinosaur. I don't know what you're talking about there. I mean, your 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 fear threshold is quite high, I'd say. Um, that is a terrifying movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm scared by Clifford the Big Red Dog. That that one terrifying. <laughs> he was pretty scary. He was a fucking scary dude. He's got that massive smile on his face, and you're like, <laughs> what does he know? What are you smiling about, Clifford? What are you smiling about? Like a clown. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how we got here, but we did. We will get back to burgers and shit later in the episode. So the main crux, the main shabadi boop which I can't say right now. And the more you've uh, said this in the last few episodes, the worse you've got to say. It's like a one-time thing. A boop That was all right. Is the local elections that happened on Thursday. There was also mayoral elections and a by-election in Hartlepool. I don't know why I did a... That wasn't even a very good accent for Hartlepool. Because um, in the northeast, I think, everyone talked like that. Yeah, let's talk about it. So in Hartlepool, the by-election... The Tories won quite comfortably, which was expected, but also like it's crazy when you think about Hartlepool has basically been a Labour constituency since like records began. It's like a Is really working class. Pool? Yeah, it's it's a really working class area. And the fact that Labour has now lost this seat is pretty crazy. And it's not a one-off because up and down England, Labour lost a lot of council seats. They lost a lot of working class council seats to the Tories and they lost some of the more middle class council seats to the Greens, which is interesting for mm-hmm. several reasons. But it just shows you how like Labour are just hemorrhaging that like working class support. And obviously a lot of it is because of the Brexit position that they took years ago. But I think Labour, I think a lot of people what a lot of people have been missing is that Labour's been losing ground in these areas for like 20 years, ever since Blair basically took over. They've been lo- slowly losing uh, support in those areas because Labour's been seen to be getting like more and more like Londony and middle class and liberal. And I think I think this has really sort of come to a head now. It also is a bad reflection of Starmer. Basically, they just no one likes him. 
And he's sad, like he just like has all the charisma of like a toilet. Like <laughs> toilet, just, of a toilet. Oh, yes, toilet. I was, I was, I, I was toying between rubber duck and a toilet. And no, I, no, I, rubber, I, I like it. I like it. Although rubber ducks are quite charismatic. I've never wondered how much charisma a toilet has. Interestingly, it's not yeah. a question I've asked myself. Well, but yeah, I feel toilet, like Starmer, Starmer might be the, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. A plain straw. Very just like straw. not a swirly just, straw. He's opaque. If he was an ice cream flavor, he wouldn't even be vanilla. He would be ice. He would be. He'd be like sort of um, gruel flavored. You know Coke, right? You know you get like normal Coke, diet Coke, and then there's the brown caffeine-free Coke, right? It's disgusting. That's Keir Starmer. <laughs> so yeah, so Labour basically hammered support, and I think, and I think a lot of it on the doorsteps, people have been saying that actually a lot of it is because of Keir Starmer that. They don't know what he stands for. And I think that's quite true. Like, there's like no policies, and no one really knows what Starmer represents, apart from the fact that he keeps saying that I'm a new leader. This is new leadership. I'm not Jeremy Corbyn. And it's just yeah. fucking shit. And basically, every single campaign picture is just him drinking a pint. Just yeah. Copying Farage, oldest trip in the book, that yeah. one. And he's like, and actually, they, they interview a lot of like Harley Paul people, and they're like, well, like, we don't want you just to, to, drink a pint and sort of be patronizing and like, Oh, you're Northern. So you like beer. It's, and you know, Oh, well, I like working class people. That's what I drink. Like also way to like glamorize, like the working classes, like alcoholism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep going to Weatherspoons. It's just so patronizing, isn't it? Right. Like that's what Northern people do all day. They just sit in pubs. Apparently and that's what Keir Starmer thinks. So it's yeah, I don't know. Shot, if you'll pardon the pun. So I'm really not surprised, but it's interesting now the reaction because it's, yeah, so he like pretty much immediately said, oh, I take full responsibility and then sacked the chair of the party who is also the deputy leader, but she can't be sacked from being deputy leader, but she's sacked from being chair of the party, which then has got loads of like a lot of people are angry about that. A lot of like MPs are angry about that, but he's done that. And it is, as we speak, reshuffling the cabinet. And there's really a lot of confusion about who's been sacked and who's not been sacked. And it's like a fucking shit show. The hilarious thing is, is that the, the centrists and the Labour right always present themselves. I'm sure it's the same with the Democrats. Always present themselves as being the most, the more professional people. Like, that we know what politics is like. We know how to be businesslike. And now they're just being, like, fucking disorganised and chaotic. They have no idea. And it looks pretty obvious that actually Kistama's probably going to get rid of some of the more left-wing people and put even more like Blairite type people in there. So I don't think it's going to do them any good long-term. The good thing is, is that actually Labour MPs are starting to, I think, question Starmer. So what that means, I don't know. But yeah, Tories are on the up, unfortunately. Can they kick him out? Well, the MPs can. Labour members can't, which is the annoying, shitty thing. So yeah, Labour MPs can. I think I don't think it will happen at the moment because I think the Labour left probably don't think they have a candidate that can beat him at the moment. And the Labour right don't think like Labour right are probably hoping that he'll just come to the right. So I think I think he'll probably get another year. And then if things and they're still really far behind in the polls, then then he'll probably get, you know, there'll probably be a challenge. But yeah. But what I say is the, the good thing is in some ways is that up until like yesterday, or up until Thursday, sorry, 
a lot of the media were like saying, oh, yes, Kit Starmer's like fixing labor is all wonderful. And now they're like, oh, shit, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so it's quite funny in that sense. But yeah, what do we all think? Bertie? Uh, what do I think? How is anyone going to feel like they want to vote someone who doesn't feel like or doesn't really represent anything? Like everyone has to identify with something. But if you're identifying with nothing, then how can you expect people to vote for that? Like, for example, I just can't imagine a voting for Keir Starmer. Maybe the people that identify with nothing. I might as well just vote Tory. Thanks. Well, that's the thing. Because, yeah. I know what I'm standing for. I can't vote for, for a Labour Party that doesn't really want to be a Labour Party, if you see what I mean. I feel yeah. like that's what it is. It's like, and it's such a mess at the moment, the Labour Party, that there's no clear standpoint on anything. There's no clear, like, there's so much disarray that we're not clear on whether it's these policies, these policies, it's just a fucking mess. And, and the like, cardinal rule of elections and politics is you've got to present a vision and it can't just be, well, I'm not that them. You actually have to present something. And what, whether you disagree or hate them or whatever, and I do hate and disagree with the Tories, under Boris, they have been quite effective at presenting a vision. The reality is under Starmer, Labour presenting nothing. You know, there literally is a chasm under Labour's name. Could it be quite clever because, you know, sometimes like like middle class, more liberal-ish people, I suppose, who don't really identify with anything, but they don't necessarily want to vote for the bad guy. You know what I mean? (laughs) And but then, but, but in doing that, you're like t- by taking a, a position of centrism you're supporting like you know the oppressor that some of that happens but i think that also partly explains why labor are losing out votes to the greens the greens have done quite well which suggests to me like and i'm under no illusions i don't think the greens have ever been that progressive in terms of class or you know social issues really i think i think but generally i think they are stealing a lot of that liberal left vote though particularly in the south from 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 the Labour Party, so you now Labour Party is in a weird position now. They're effectively losing votes on both sides. Usually with Labour, it either taxes the right and it loses some of the left wing vote to the Greens, or it taxes the left and it loses some of the right wing vote to the Tories. What it's doing at the moment is nothing, and it's losing on the right and on the left. That is bad. So it's, so it's basically just collapsing. <laughs> so yeah. And that's quite sort of, yeah, a sort of, I guess, a simple way of looking at it, which is pretty screwed up. Can I ask, how, how do you feel about it losing votes to the Greens? I, I understand it. For me, it's more about candidates. For me, the Labour Party has always been a better socialist vehicle than the Green Party is, because the Labour Party is, even, as bad as some of the Labour MPs are, the Labour Party is intrinsically linked to the trade unions and the sort yeah. of trade union movement. So there is, So there's always been a sort of class-based element to the Labour Party. Whereas Green Party is often dominated by very sort of like middle class liberal people who really don't really understand like poverty. Middle class people. Yeah. But like <laughs> who, who often don't really understand like class or anything like that or, or race, to be honest. But there are some quite good Green Party candidates who end up being quite good Green local councillors that often they, they are actually, they mean well. And that's sometimes they mean well, they mean more good than, than a Labour candidate is. So for me, if it's a Green Party candidate and they're clearly a socialist and they're clearly very progressive, then I may well vote for them. But if it's 
but if there's nothing between the Green and the Labour Party candidate, I will probably vote for the Labour Party because I see it more as, you know, more more of a class-based socialist vehicle than the Greens. Base. I don't know. It's what guys sound like on the internet. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I, I did spend like a couple of days. I did. I did. I did. I did, I did kind of spend a couple of days the other week trying to find out what base means. Um, base. Yeah. Like basting a chicken. <laughs> no. 2021. I'm, I'm going to find you a definition for based. I'm so like B-A-S-T-E, right? B-A-S-E-D. Or oh, based, like based on. Yeah. What does based, what, what does that mean? Basically, based it means on? being yourself and not caring what others think of you. Wrong. yeah but it's like gone a little bit beyond that in terms of like usage on the internet i think it's like people just say it when they find something to be like honest yeah. and truthful and they agree with it right okay because i thought you were saying beast like beast like beast mode i mean that too is that is that me on beast mode <laughs> <laughs> talking about class politics it's all beast mode is that the name of the podcast, Beast Mode? Yeah, maybe. Episode? Oh, I'm um, certainly in Beast Mode right now. I can tell you that. I'm fucking here <laughs> in my bed after a McDonald's, shivering. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, Tree, Tree, and I know lots of good Green Party people. Let me put that out there. Party people. Oh, Let's yeah. Move- Let's, let's move on to Scotland, though, because... I is... can't be against the Green Party. Some of my friends are members of the Green Party. <laughs> uh, uh, some of my best friend are best friends are Green Party people. Um, I mean, I work in renewable energy, so like, I'm all for I'm all for green stuff. You, you work in shit, Bertie. Um, I do. I'm in the thick of the shit. Anyway, let's go to Scotland because Scotland is a very different kettle of fish. The SNP did very well in the Scottish Parliament, and they, they, they did, didn't they? They were one short seat short of a complete majority, outright majority, but they still got a, a good good majority in the in Parliament. And also, uh, the Scottish Greens did quite well as well, which basically means, and the Scottish Greens are are also pro independence, which means there is a majority in the Scottish Parliament of pro-independence MSPs, uh, members of the Scottish Parliament. So, uh, and the Tories didn't do that well in, the, uh, in Scotland, which is strange, but, well, not strange, but interesting because previously the Tories were slowly sort of building a bit in, in Scotland and well, as Labour was sort of falling away. So it clearly gives Nicola Sturgeon a mandate to push for an independence referendum the Tories have been like, oh, today, like, oh, now's not the time. Let's focus on the pandemic, which I think Nicola Sturgeon said. But it's going to get harder and harder for like Boris to, to keep saying, no, you can't have a referendum because it's clear that the majority, well, it's clear there's a mandate in Scotland for a, for a referendum. Uh, and when these people say, oh, yeah, but you had a once in a lifetime, one in 2014, well, that's not really how politics works. Um, and no, growing support. And, uh, yeah, and also there's anger, like people saying, why should it be up to Boris, someone in England, to decide whether Scotland can be independent or not, or whether they can even have a vote to be independent or not? And 
it could end up in the courts because what could possibly happen is is that uh, the SNP will apply for a, a referendum and then the and like the UK government, Boris, etc., will try and challenge it in the Supreme Court um, mm. or High Court, whatever it's called. Um, it's tricky though because even if they do that, it's like. Well, if support for the um, independence movement keeps growing, you can't contain. Um, and it could be, um, if, if they challenge it in court, if the Tories challenge it in court, it could be just a massive recruitment drive for the SNP because they'll just say, look, England, the UK government, the Tories are just trying to stop democracy and stop us from, from doing, you know, from being independent. So, Yeah. It's going to be interesting what happens, see what happens. The Tories are in a really difficult position with it. I think um, support for the for the Welsh uh, Plaid Cymru, I think that's that's probably growing quite a lot recently, hasn't well, it? Well, yes and no, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't talk about Wales, I should talk about Wales. That's actually, Plaid didn't do that well, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, Welsh Labour, weirdly, did quite well. Um, people say that's probably because the Welsh government is, is Labour and a lot of Welsh people think that the Welsh First Minister Mark Draper did quite well with the pandemic because he was quite cautious. He was more cautious than Boris. And so people, apparently a lot of Welsh people think that he was quite good, um, which is interesting. So that he's done quite well. Um, and Ply didn't. But I think, I, th- I think independence in Wales is slightly different just because I think Wales is a lot more integrated uh, with England. Economically speaking. Yeah. I think, but I think with Scotland, I think, I think it's, I think it's been incredibly difficult for the Tories to get away with stopping it, stopping an independence referendum. And if, and if I'm being honest, I think if there was an independence referendum tomorrow, the majority of Scottish people would vote to be independent. I genuinely believe that. And if I, and you look at the polls, it all sort of suggests that that would be the case. So when we say it's a majority now, what are the numbers like? Um, I think it's quite close. I think it's quite close, but um, well, in terms of polling, you mean? Or, or yeah, so the... say like say Scottish National Party, just what percentage of the vote would they get now? Like, well, the um, if we go on, so I'm looking at opinion polling now. So basically, the most recent polls put it pretty even. A slight dip actually in in the pro-independence vote since in the last couple of weeks but generally yeah generally in recent months yes has been polling ahead of no very like neck and neck and not much ahead and I think what will happen is is that a Nicola Sturgeon will want to wait till after the pandemic but also I think she'll be trying to wait till they're comfortably ahead in the polls in the independence polls yeah, if they no, can get sort of like five percent ahead of no in the opinion polls, then I think then they'll push for the referendum because obviously they don't want to risk it and then have the referendum and then they lose because then they look silly. Um, Why would a um, a Scotsman not a Scotswoman? Well, <laughs> I don't know. If I was Scottish, I would vote for independence. Right. Um, and I know, and I know quite a few people that would. I think some people get caught up in the emotional and economic arguments for for no. Um, 
Sorry? I said that's bullshit, though. No, I know. I know. And for me, it's a simple principle situation of democracy. You know, you should have the right to govern, you know, yourselves, your own, your own people. You think about how you think you think about how Scotland was incorporated in the United Kingdom anyway. It's not it's not a set but a democratic will to do so. But um but yes. So it's gonna be interesting. What do we think is gonna happen? Let's let's get our predictions on Scotland. Well, I reckon Scotland will win against England other than in the Euros. Hey, <laughs> we should we should get a Scottish person on here actually to talk about true, it. True, true. We should get a Scottish guest. I think. DJ, was what's your prediction? Do I think they're going to get independent? Probably, unless the Tories did something to stop that. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't surprise me that. I mean, it's it's really obvious that the majority of people want independence. I'd quite like independence from Tories, to be honest. I think everyone would like the independence from that from Boris Johnson at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it's as easy as one, two, three. Well, everyone wants it, so we're gonna get it. No, obviously not. And there'll be legal challenges. And like Brexit, they would it wouldn't be like, oh, we're independent now we leave. There would be years of negotiation, years of legal challenges. Yeah. All that kind of crap. So yeah, I, I think it's not as easy as that. Let's talk about Israel. So I don't really know what much there is to say. It's just a lot of Palestinians have been like injured. Um, yeah. Or died because of protests and like fighting between Palestinians and the Israeli army trying to like force people out of their homes. has been claimed by settlers. Same old, same old. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you've described here sounds like anything that hasn't happened before, but yeah, I mean, what would you expect, really, I suppose? It just happened, like, the other day. Just another day on the border, yeah. Yeah, there's been two nights of sort of heavy clashes on the in, in Jerusalem with uh, Israeli police just basically decimating. I saw something about um, some, like, extremist group and Israel had, like, a march. Mm. at the same time the, and the, the annual Jerusalem Day flag march yeah which I think that's it. traditionally sees thousands of Zionist youth march through the Muslim quarter of East Jerusalem's old city so that basically just seems like deliberately provocative how is it any different than like you know Americans let the fucking KKK just walk around exactly or like when you get it here like when like the like uh, EDL or the far right start marching around yeah. sort of London and shit and whole thing is fucked up. Right. I think I think we should have a Palestine episode at some point. We I will make sure that is that is organized. Put in the calendar at some point. Right. I think we should go around the world. Start in Scotland. <laughs> Palestine. Yeah we do Scotland we'll do Palestine. We'll do we'll do a few maybe a, a Kurdish thing as well. That'd be quite cool. A few a few of these sort of things. Um Right, let's let's do some funny news. I will let's start with the one that we teased earlier. Oh involving Bertie and his second patty. Wendy's, the US burger chain, which is now overtaken Burger King to be the US's second biggest 
fast food chain, burger fast food chain anyway, is coming back to the UK. Apparently it was in the UK before, but then left and now it's coming back to the UK. There's going to be like 400 places. So DJ, prepare us for Wendy's. What is Wendy's? Is it good? Is it bad? What do they serve? Should I go? Should I not go? Should I burn it down? Should I go? Tell me. You're asking the wrong person. (laughs) Have you ever been to a Wendy's? We're relying on the American. I have had Wendy's. I had a burger that was actually a really good one. Mm. I like jalapenos in it and stuff. It's really spicy. You have me jalapenos. That's good. But it was huge. I thought you said it had opinions in it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a right um, one. I'm not going to lie, DJ. You haven't really sold me on Wendy's, but I might try it. We'll see. <laughs> Bertie, should, we try, should we try Wendy's or something? I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm sick of Mackey's and I'm having it so much. Let us move on to uh, a related funny story. The latest internet fad has people eating rotten meat to get high. Apparently, some people have got it in their heads that it's a good idea to eat raw, spoiled meat. And when I was about steak, they went old a couple of days ago. This is a meat that's in advanced stages of decomposition. Love We're it. talking about meat that's green and brown and swarming with bacteria. You know, the genuinely rotten stuff. Some people claim it tastes better, which is weird. But also, other people say it can get you high. And they call it a high meat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can get high from a lot of things that right. fuck you up and make Poison. you sick. <laughs> Reportedly, the rotten meat produces a sense of euphoria after consumption. And it's probably because you can't food poisons. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah, so basically. happy. Uh, a Singaporean dietitian called Naras Lapsis said it's possible that consuming decomposed meat would give you an altered state of consciousness. But that's generally not a good thing. I mean, I'd be interested to know, like, what, you know, like, what the kind of biochemistry is there. Like, does it produce, like, any, like... Here you go. I've I've got it here. So if you're leaving meat out, it's going to grow bacteria. And some of those bacteria might have chemical properties that might make you high or give you a hallucination or even just a feeling of euphoria. But they're also bacteria. So you could get fucked up or even die so and you're not in control of it there's all sorts of bacteria salmonella shigella e coli not good it's all the stuff how is it that why is it that people do this and then they shame people for taking prescription drugs like what there are people there are people eating rotten meat right and yet marijuana and yet marijuana is not isn't legal in a lot of places. The fuck? Mm-hmm. Look, uh, like Tories, governments everywhere, right? Stop people eating raw, bacteria-ridden rotten meat, okay? But you can't stop people by, doing that. By, by <laughs> legalizing marijuana. Please. Please. <laughs> Listen right now. You could stop the next E. coli pandemic. The next... The next rotten meat pandemic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the next salmonella, or if, or if you're from my family, the next salmonella poisoning. Salmonella um, poison. Anyway, you just made it. me really hungry for cookie dough. I thought you were going to say really hungry for salmonella. 
Um, right. I'll get my beef that, jerky in a minute. I'll leave that out for a bit and see if I hallucinate off that. Fi- final funny story. This is a bit lighter. A Canadian MP was caught completely naked on a parliamentary Zoom call. Apparently, he was trying to get ready and accidentally caught, put his uh, camera on. But he's literally is standing there naked during a parliamentary meeting on Zoom. Does he know this? I think he does notice eventually that his camera's on. The MP said, my video was actually t- accidentally turned on as I was changing into my work clothes after going for a job. Classic. That wasn't the only thing that was turned on. But everyone yeah. else was turned on as well. I sincerely apologise to my colleagues in the House of Commons for this unintentional distraction. <laughs> All right, mate. All right. Been a bit cocky. Wait, are you reading what he actually said? Yeah. He said, it sounds he like said, when they they were get, when they get caught in the bathroom. Yeah. With the other pen. And apart, is that isn't that the little Britain one? It's like it's like, <laughs> and I, I stopped to let the homeless man get into my car, at which point I reached to the glove compartment and slipped, and accidentally my face landed in his crotch. And <laughs> his eyes ac- accidentally unzipped, and a part of his body accidentally entered a part of mine. And in the confusion, his the part of his body inside mine left my body and re-entered it several times. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it sounds. <laughs> and the speaker of the of in the parliament, Anthony Rota, has reminded MPs to always be vigilant when they are near a camera and microphone, particularly when they're naked. So yeah, I, m- I must admit that's this has been a bit <laughs> always of a worry. Be vigilant, especially when you're naked. <laughs> this has been a worry for me though, because like often I work like I organise Zoom calls for like meetings and stuff, and sometimes <laughs> when I'm running running a bit late. Oh no! I like get the Zoom call ready, and then I, and I'm getting dressed. But I'm never like standing there naked, just staring at the Zoom thing. Oh, this is and, what I mean. Like, it's quite a strange thing to say. Is like, be vigilant on Zoom, especially when you're naked. Like, <laughs> like it's just such a normal thing to be naked on Zoom. Like, <laughs> like I'm, I just, thought like video call plus nakedness is not a good thing. Anyway, the start of the pandemic was happening a lot. I remember there was, I think it was an Italian one. There was a, a woman who was on a Zoom call for work, and suddenly you saw her husband walked behind her just in his pants and then he realized and he's just like and he like looked and he was like shit and they like jumped they like basically like fell to the floor and like tried to crawl off the shot it was really funny i think I my should... brother get out of the shower once when i was on zoom that sounds terrible but yeah yeah oh, what was funny i was watching um the person's reaction they went so red and uh yeah i i, I kind of enjoyed the reaction Last saw me on Zoom. I might have been in a towel as well, just getting out of the shower, and I like dipped like that. How, <laughs> how, like, old, how old are they? You. How old um, first, they're second graders. Okay, that's okay then. If it was, if they were like, if they were like, like 14, 15 year olds, then that would not be good. Mm. They'd be like, screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I think we should bring this podcast of love to an end. To a grinding hole. Have we got any final messages for our listeners? I I was going to say something about rotten meat, but I, you know, I mean, what what else is there to say? Really, just don't eat rotten meat. Particularly if you're not filling the second patty, eh, Bertie? Exactly. Maybe I should have got the the double just to leave that second patty to rot. 
exactly. DJ, do you have anything to say to our terrible listeners? You can eat rotten meat. I don't care what happens to you. <laughs> Dude, I think if you decide to eat rotten meat, then exactly what the fuck's coming to you. Okay. And we will leave you there with that wisdom, everybody. So stay dangerous, keep safe. Catch you next week. Ciao.